0: Season's greetings, welcome. <laughs> On our play for today, we will be remembering Leonard Riddick for all that he's done for us in the movie and gaming industry. It's a big loss. It's unfortunate. Uh, is a Superman game coming to play? No, that's how they.
1: That's how they put it in the thing. Is Superman game
0: uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> and is it time for PlayStation Pro? We will get down to all of this. And more on Season 7, Episode 11 of Press X to start Gamers Digest. Here we go. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices. a.k.a. it's the Revenge of the Thick Cheeks. He's coming with a shield and he got a mean right hook. I am joined by.
1: Hey, everyone. It's me, Avery.
0: Nailed it. Now you know who we are on this illustrious fireside chat. Press X to start Gamers Digest is a video podcast that condenses the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 3 p.m. That might change. Uh, Standard Eastern time. <laughs> Hello, YouTube. Hello, people who are listening to us with your ears. I hope you enjoy the show. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting the notification bell. That will get you everything you need in your life and more, except for food and water. We can't provide that. We can provide everything else for you. So, yes. If you are listening, we would greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are tuned in on. And... If you want to join in our conversation, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber 2 startcom slash Discord. Do it. All right. With that being said, all that out the way, now you know who we are, and I you know what this podcast is about. Avery, let's get into the gaming news.
1: Cool beans. Okay. Our first story is from uh, VGC. This is from Jordan Midler. Lance Reddick, actor behind Destiny Zavala, has died. So this is something yeah. incre- incredibly tragic that happened, I believe, uh, March 17th. The news just broke. Uh, the cause of death is unclear, uh, but it appears to be natural. Lance was 60 years old. For people who don't have a frame of reference for Lance on this video game podcast, he played Zavala from Destiny. He also played Silence from uh, the Horizon franchise, and yeah. he was, one. Of, I think, the main villain from uh, Remedy's Quantum Break. Uh, but for people who mm. who aren't fans of those games and are more fans of general work, Lance... Had the unfortunate privilege to be in the Resident Evil uh, recent show on Netflix as their Albert Wesker. And from all reports, he did a fine job doing a super weird decision that no one can understand. But most people will probably know him more from The Wire. Mm -hmm. I know him the best as Karen from uh, the John Wick franchise. Uh, Yes. Yeah, this is incredibly tragic. Yeah, man. It's one of the few celebrity deaths that really has reverberated through video games in a massive way because Lance was intrinsic to a lot of games. Like this was a dude who didn't just voice the character in Destiny. This is a guy who recreationally played a lot of Destiny. This is a guy who played yeah. a lot of games. So
0: yeah, it's incredibly sad. Like when I saw the notification, I was like, wait, what? And like it was it was weird because at first I didn't believe it. The reason why I didn't believe it was because earlier this week or maybe late last week, there was a thing about Justin Bieber dying or whatever that turned to be fake and i was like okay well let me let me research this looked it up and it was confirmed i was like oh that's terrible that's so sad
1: yeah uh both Bungie and uh gorilla have put out words of condolences for lance and all he means to them it's going to be interesting to see how those games pivot with his characters going forward yeah man uh, there was an article from Paul Tassie, who I think is the person who broached this question on the internet, like, what does Destiny do next? Do they remove Zavala from the game? This is a game that killed off Kate 6 so it's not impossible. Uh, yeah. And memorialize him through there, or do they recast him? I think Paul theorized they just use his old voice clips and just move forward through there. And I'm like, there is the argument that AI is not going to do that. I don't think Bungie's going to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't think that's going to happen either.
1: With how intrinsic Zavala is as one of the main characters of Destiny, I don't think there's enough Lance Reddick footage in the world with the way he speaks and uh, the emotion he puts into his acting to create a convincing approximation of that character. Has anyone watched South Park before... uh, uh, Who played Jeff again? Oh, uh, I don't remember his name. Uh, Isaac Hayes, yeah. Before Isaac Mm. Hayes left for Scientology... They did one last episode of the chef character where they killed him off and they just use old, old clips. clips, right? Yeah. It's one of the most awkward performances I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like I would envision probably something like a, a tribute akin to like Black Panther 2, like how they treated Chadwick Boseman. I, you know, yeah, probably something like that. I feel like they could probably get away with that and not have to deal in the uncertain territory of using old voice clips or even broaching AI, which would also be weird.
1: I think that they, especially for Zavala being such an Mm -hmm. important NPC in that game, unless they're just gonna remove the character altogether, they probably should recast. Silence is another question altogether because not only does that character have Lance's voice performance, he looks like Lance. So there's a question of what to do with that character. Which kinda of sucks and they shot themselves in the foot at the end of Forbidden West where that character's yeah. like, I'm just gonna go away to space and he just came back and they're like, I'll stick around. And I'm like, maybe it would have been more fortunate for him to just go away to space.
0: And not come back, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is interesting because in my mind, I would treat Destiny and Horizon very differently in terms of the decision because of I mean, I haven't played Destiny in years, so it's really hard for me to even imagine where they at or the story other than what I've seen and heard from Lightfall but I feel like they could probably get away with killing off Zavala doing a memorial service whatever and using another character to kind of be that kind of stand in whereas I feel like because uh, Lance was so integrated in the story of Horizon 2 specifically they would have to probably recast or do something where it's just like Oh, something happened to this character, but even that's weird because, you know, I'm not gonna spoil the end of of Horizon Two, but he's he's kind of necessary. So it's he
1: is and he isn't. I can very much see them going around of killing Silence, yeah, but making his death super impactful and story driven, and use old Lance dialogue and shit like warning Eli. Uh, like yeah. maybe maybe his scenes of all the bashing he's done and like oh we without silence how do we do and like i think there, there's there's ways they can do it it's just gonna be interesting to see how they do it we don't know if there is a horizon 3 right now we're That's speculating true. that there is based on the trajectory of that franchise but we don't know what their gorilla's current plans are yeah. uh but yeah uh the, one of the most interesting things that came out of this which i think was one of the cooler video game moments of this week is that this is a story from Levi Winslow from Kotaku.com, Destiny players pay tribute to Lance Reddick their fallen commander. So when this happened, I initially thought it was like a weird cringe kind of way to memorialize someone, but like when it it became like a mass event, it sort of hit me how special it is. So essentially, a lot of people just went to Zavala in Destiny uh, and just knelt before him and sort of paid tribute to him to a point where it became the biggest social event, I guess, in Destiny. Wow. Was just like organic social event.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which I think is a beautiful thing. I believe Lance's uh, partner saw this and uh, responded to this and told everyone how touched Lance would have been to have affected so many people in this way for them to uh,
0: do something like that.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, uh, it it it's just sucks. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the Kotaku website, they have a lot of like embedded tweets of people. Yeah. Doing it.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Like that, I, I love when, like, for as much crap I give Destiny in terms of, you know, what the developers are doing with the game and what I would like to see and all that stuff, I really do appreciate how genuine the community is, especially, like, when they're, like, talking, like, oh, we want this, we want that, we want this. It's, like, it's usually coming from a good place, and to see them, like, pay tribute to Zafala in-game, like, that is, yeah.
1: Awesome. They are six years, I think, into a 10-year game life cycle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, like, if yeah. This game still has a huge audience. They're there for the long run. I don't think there's much the Destiny devs can do to really ruin it for them. But yeah, yeah uh, shout out to all those uh, affected by this dev. I, uh, I wish you well, and I, I'm hoping you're all going through this the best that you can. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, into some dumb stories that don't matter in comparison to our previous story. This is a story from IGN. This is from Christina Alexander. PlayStation Superman game reference and Activision Blizzard case sparks confusion. So the Activision Blizzard ongoing stuff is going, and one of the things Activision Blizzard and Microsoft are doing is citing a lot of PlayStation stuff because PlayStation is one of the main vocal opposition to their entire uh, thing. Uh, I think it's been wrongly assumed that PlayStation is the only person complaining about this. There are other big tech companies who are complaining. They just aren't being dragged through the mud because they're not as vocal as PlayStation. They're just, like, not as approving. Right. But yeah, PlayStation. So, like, uh, a lot of information has been subpoenaed and written and, like, uh, uh, given to the various courts about this deal. And in something that I literally laughed my ass at is that I think in documents to the CMA, Microsoft submitted information and sort of citing games that PlayStation has coming out going forward and listed one of these games as Superman. Now, in the context, okay, yeah, here's the exact quote. Uh, In section 2.20, where it discusses the impact the merger will have on PlayStation-exclusive titles on Xbox console sales, it wrote, This applies for big titles like God of War and Superman there has never been evidence that exclusivity of one single franchise can drive console sales. So, uh, before we get to the actual weirdness of the statement, there has never been evidence that exclusivity of one single franchise can drive console sales. That is the biggest cap in the entire goddamn world.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) sure. That is is an insane comment, but whatever. I'm going to give it to them. This applies for big titles like God of War and Superman. It's very clear that this is a typo. And that someone's lawyers are bad, and decided to put Superman instead of the actual game that PlayStation is promoting right now, which is Marvel Spider Man.
0: Yep, that that's what I figured. That
1: that that is the that is the reality of this. But it's such like a gimme headline. That like this is one of those times where like I don't I don't fault journalists for taking this one weird typo and spinning it through a bunch of (laughs) stories. This is so fucking funny, and it makes me so upset in the world that we're getting DC Suicide Squad that this uh dc superman is not a game that someone decided to make and put out there
0: yep yep it is very much so just like uh like you can clearly see where the mistake was just some old most likely white guy just typing up the stuff that to type up and he just mistook superman for spider-man and look at that the world done stopped <laughs> the world done not because we thought we all could get a superman game yeah it sucks it sucks but it's just like, you know, mistakes happen, especially when it comes to writing stuff down and it going on the Internet and, of course, living forever. So it is what it is. You know, may-
1: maybe maybe we might get a Superman game. Maybe I you know. would I, Here's the thing: we're getting a Wonder Woman game, which I'm mm-hmm. generally excited for. I think from Monolith, the uh, Shadow of War developers, which is cool. I think if they didn't give a Superman game to Rock City, we're not getting it anytime time fucking soon.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Especially I, with the rumors that at some point, one of the two DC uh, studios were working on a Superman game that just never saw the light. Oh, yikes. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But more on the Activision Blizzard uh, nonsense. This is from George Yang, uh, from IGN as well. Microsoft is signing deals to bring Activision games to even more services. So over the last couple of weeks, uh, one of the big complaints uh, regulators have had about them is how... Having Call of Duty on xCloud would change the landscape of the emerging streaming market and give Microsoft the monopoly on that. Microsoft has then responded by going to nearly every streaming platform they can find and giving them the rights to put Call of Duty on their uh, platforms. Yeah. Which is like a big thing that might definitely turn the tails on their fortunes in regards to certain regulators.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like them saying, like, hey, look, we're signing all these deals. I feel like that's exactly what the regulators want to hear and want to see from Microsoft when it comes to how they're dealing with Call of Duty. Because...
1: Well, it's not just Call of Duty. They're saying all Xbox games are going to PC, which is all of them, are now going to be involved in this deal. My only... Oh, I missed that. My, question. Only, my only question that I want to clear up is when they say we're putting them on these services... Is Microsoft putting them on the services themselves? Or are they saying, hey, pay us game to put that. these games on our services? Oh. Uh, and point. B, the big one that everyone talked about, the NVIDIA GeForce Now one, they're not necessarily putting that on a service. Like, GeForce Now just lets you play games that you already own. Yeah. So it's not like it's a service where, like, you can buy this game from there. At least I don't think so. I could be wrong. So, like, yeah. I'm very much in the mindset that most of these deals are nothing. Because none of these deals are major, uh, for the most part, are major, like, Western competitors for streaming. They're, like, other countries, like, major or minor streaming platforms. And I think they're just using, uh, a, a, like, sort of, like, a deluge of numbers to give, like, the appearance yeah. of dominance. I could be talking out of my ass, and I probably am. Because I, I, it's one of those things that every time they announce one, I'm just like, huh, I've never heard of this in my what entire life. Yeah. I don't understand how this could be any competition to Microsoft as they grow from here.
0: But, yeah, like the um the Boosteroid or whatever that's called. Yeah. Like I've never heard of that before, but apparently that's like super popular like overseas. Well, it, Almost, like, yeah,
1: always. Yeah. I know I that one is something I know tangentially because okay. it's uh it's one of those things where to get Switch games to run good actual games, they need to stream them, and I think that is a service yeah. that helps Nintendo do it. So it's super popular okay. over there. But we, we gotta remember yeah, a lot of those, Nint- yeah, a lot of those Nintendo streaming games don't necessarily make it over to the West, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting. I'm interested in how many more they're going to put out, what the actual nitty-gritties of the deals are, what the actual, like, things that come out of it, and whether they are genuine deals or competition or just uh, placations to the regulators, if that makes sense. Like, oh, we can yeah. afford to make these deals because they they uh, they mean nothing to us in a greater scheme of what we plan to do with these franchises.
0: Yeah, I, I'm... I don't, I'm I'm of the mind that they are doing everything to ensure this deal goes through. And I'm just like, at this point it's just a matter of time. Like Sony, should definitely stick it through all the way because they are in a secure position where even if, you know, the deal goes through, they're still going to get that 10 year deal. So it's just, we're going to try to fight to make sure this don't happen. If it doesn't happen, whatever, yeah, and, the consolation prize is that. Deal. And
1: to quote Jordan, who was, uh, we had a long argument on our podcast about this. Sony now has 10 years where they have to either surpass or overcome the gap that the Call of Duty has. Which, yeah. I think, based on their own statements, if they're actually serious about this and the reality of this, they could possibly do. We'll see. you think so? I, no, I, I, here's the thing. I don't think so. I think uh. the, the logic they put out there is incredibly like sound of Call of Duty's uh, popularity and what that means, but yeah. I do think they'll be able, in this weird like game-to-service-like thing they want to create, I do think in the next 10 years, they're capable of showing up what losing Call of Duty would mean to their ecosystem.
0: Uh. Okay, yeah. That being yeah, said, I, I, I agree with that, yeah.
1: That being said, once we get to the PS6 and whatever the fuck Xbox calls their next console, the tables are going to shift tremendously in regards to console uh, parity, if this deal goes through and Xbox maintains uh sort of the trajectory that they're currently on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well before we jump into the prequel to The Last of Us, ooh, wink wink, Uh, hey you, listener, viewer, we hope you are enjoying this as much as we enjoy talking about the things we are talking about right now. So, do us a solid and please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell. That way you won't miss all of our content and our shorts. Not the shorts that we are wearing, but the shorts that are on YouTube. I don't know why they call them shorts, well I guess because they're shorts. There you go. All right, uh, let's get back to this. <laughs> All right, Avery. so
1: what's up with this whole prequel thing that almost happened? Okay, so during a kind of funny spoiler cast for the Last of Us TV show, Neil Druckmann alluded to a conversation that Naughty Dog was going to have with a third-party developer on making a Last of Us prequel. So this is a story from Jordan Midler. A prequel to The Last of Us was planned at one point. The game was to explore a character that was given a larger role in the show. So it was implied that it was going to be the American daughter story that was going to be about Ellie's mom and give you backstory Mm -hmm. about her relationship with Marlene and all that. That was material that was eventually adapted into The Last of Us to give Ellie her, I say, problematic origin. But that's just my opinion on it. Uh but the most interesting thing that Neil brought up was that Greg Miller is the one who introduced Neil to the third party studio that was going to be working on it. Yeah. And, cool. and the deal ultimately just sort of fell through. So the question Neil and Greg are evasive on who this third party partner was going to be. I have an idea, but I wanted to broach the question to you before we even talk anymore about this. I don't,
0: I can't think of. A third party developer that would be capable of creating Yeah, because yeah, that gets weird though. Cause I mean, if you're going for the same third person, you know, stealth gun combat, if they if they well, I guess it's Ellie mom, so she'd be able to to wield a weapon. So yeah, like if you're going for that same thing, like ah, I don't know. A third party
1: developer that could do that
0: that greg would know that's a tough one that's a tough. what's what's on your mind
1: okay so one i think you're trapped on the idea that this is going to be a one-for-one one last of us game okay yeah yeah it could be any other type of game that's just using the last of us name and lifeless to tell a story by that logic um the third party studio would have to be one that greg's intimately involved with like don't nod now, he's not as supposed to don't know that we would be to okay. Fulbright, which was a studio that went through a lot of turmoil when its uh, yeah. head, head became embroiled in a lot of toxicity bullshit. Which is my yeah. thought that the Gone Home team would probably be the team that Greg was thinking of and in introducing to Neil and things fell through because of everything that happened with Fulbright. But yeah, yeah, that's my general idea.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, that makes sense in terms of, for what we know, Greg's connections and that actually that that'd be a pretty interesting game. Yeah, yeah, like it wouldn't be like The Last of Us One for One for what we know, but I don't think it would have to be because it's
1: I mean, yeah, if the game again, yeah, the game if the game is about it, Ellie's pregnant mother, unless it's yeah. a game about her entire life and we're like it's a more of a last of a thing we're going through parts of her life, odds are the story would be told mainly from her being pregnant, which is like one of those things like maybe let's not have a lot of hardcore action with this pregnant mm-hmm. woman in it. So mm-hmm. it'd be more conducive to a uh, sort of a Walking similar that makes sense. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can imagine they can do like stealth elements too where you have to get from point A to B and like there's a clicker or, yeah. So, would you want that? Would you play that?
1: Uh, If it was Fulbright, it was the team. Yes, because I generally love Fulbright games. But if someone was to tell me you're going to make a Last of Us prequel game not made by Naughty Dog, I don't know, eh, I can do without.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think it gets weird because it's like, well, Naughty Dog is so great at their craft and it's just like, I'd have to wait to the reviews to see exactly how that turns out to be like, okay, I'll I'll buy into that. But yeah, same page as you.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, our next story is from uh, Insider Gaming. So, this is a Tom Henderson joint. Exclusive PS5 Pro in development could release 2024. So, this is Tom Henderson doing his uh, video game journalism through his own uh, sort of mini blog site, Insider Gaming, and him saying that, hey, I've uh, heard through my connections that PlayStation is planning on making a PS5 Pro, and it will come sometime in late 2024. Uh, there's also news that there's going to be a refresh for the PS4 that's going to have a detachable disk drive. So it's going to essentially be the PS4 discless version. Digital, yeah. Digital, but you can add a disk drive to it if you want to play games with a disk. I'm so angry.
0: Because right now I have a PS5 that has a disc, the disc version, and I wanted the digital version because I was sure that I wasn't going to buy any disc. And lo and behold, I haven't bought any disc for the console. And now they're be like, "Hey, we're going to release a model that doesn't have a disc. And you just buy the disc drive separately." I'm like, "Why don't you just give me the digital version in the first place?" I know the answer is because money. They made money off of me, and I understand that. Well, it's still frustrating.
1: I'm oh, okay. The reason they have the disc and discless versions is not necessarily because of money. It's because of price point. It's that they could sell a cheaper PS5 that could compete—not compete—that would eclipse the Xbox's diskless, uh Xbox if they uh the, remove uh, the, yeah, the Series S. Yeah, Series S. If they remove the uh disc drive, uh, and if you combine that with the fact that uh, the PS5 is supposed to be backwards compatible to the PS4, the PS4 was not a digital only became in, truly involved during this generation, which means there's probably mm-hmm. going to be a large segment of the population who still have a lot of discs, who yep. if you tell them, oh, this is backwards compatible except we don't have disc drives, you can't run on your games, then uh, that's Xbox One marketing bullshit debate avoided right, by right, putting out the cool right. thing now what i will say was i'm pretty sure there is more versions of the disc version than the discless version and yep. that i think is uh marketing bullshit to squeeze out more dollars exactly i'm someone who wanted the disc version of the ps5 because i have an entire library of this that like i still may want to play at some point but if i got the discless version these are all useless i have to get rid of them
0: yeah yeah, where I'm on the other side of the of the pond where I bought most of my games off PS4 off of the store. So I I have maybe five games that are in this version for the PS4. So I was ready to make that transition. I had done got the tattoo on the back of my back of my head. Jesus. So I was ready to go.
1: I only made the transition when the pandemic made it impossible for me to go to a GameStop on a regular basis to buy my games physically. And so I just ended up having to just buy games just really. so it's one of those things. It's either there. But back to the point of the PS5 Pro, mm-hmm. I, I don't... I understand where this is coming from. The PS4 Pro was a success, but I don't think this is as necessary as the PS4 Pro PS4 is Pro. in comparison to what a PS5 Pro would need to do. Absolutely.
0: I, I don't understand. Other than the fact that, hey, we can make money from this, I don't understand why they're doing this. There is not a need for playstation 5 pro like the the only thing i could think of is hey look we'll be able to do a um, balance of fidelity and performance and that was what they, they promised that for the ps5 and that didn't happen so i'm just like how, why would i believe you guys
1: for this i believe fundamentally as long as pc gaming is a benchmark that games have to reach there will never be a true 60k uh, uh 60 uh no wait 4k 60 yeah. fps <laughs> 120 fps mode yeah. on on content right. that's never going to be happen yeah that's never going to happen
0: yeah i i totally agree because of, of pc and like they can't necessarily just really buckle down on the console version of stuff but for me looking at this it's like okay well part of me hopes that sure this is in development but that release date for 2024 is not actually factual and that it's, it's maybe a 2025 thing because as it is right now like we just got God of War. We just got uh, Horizon, and it's just like those games look great. Like Horizon set a crazy benchmark for an open world game. So it's and that just game went,
1: that game was awesome on PS4.
0: That too, yeah. So it's like I just don't understand like where they could possibly go next, and like, do they need to?
1: It's I don't know, like because I think the PS like I how would I say this? One of the reasons the Pro existed was to extend the lifespan of the PS4 generation. Right. I do think that because of the pandemic squanching sales for the PS5 in the in its early days, like, I think we would be looking at astronomical numbers if it actually got a normal release. I mm-hmm. fundamentally think that it's less than an absolute necessity for, like, gamers as more as it's a necessity for places in the business standpoint to maintain the longevity of the PS5. Because, like... I think normal console life cycle is about seven years. PS3 was like 10 or so years, some bullshit.
0: Nine or 10, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. PS4 is a little bit shorter, but it was extended by the uh, advent of PS4 Pro and all that. I think it's there so that at a certain point, PlayStation can say, hey, this console is going to be $500, but the normal PS5 that everyone's playing is going to be 400 going forward right yeah, yeah things like that i think that's what it's there for i think from a business standpoint do we need it not necessarily the question is what the fuck is xbox going to do because with their insane uh marketing strategy of their console of it being a platform that they're just going to refresh if sony is working on one of these xbox is working on one of these and yeah how-
0: you would think so right yeah that would make the most sense Especially, uh, yeah. real quick real quick shout out to ethan in the chat Uh, He said that many people don't even have a PS5 yet, including myself. (laughs) And that's another thing, too. So it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, PlayStation said like, all right, well, we're going to get the the consoles are going to be available to you. And it's like, all right, cool. But again, again, we are operating off of a rumor that could be true. So it's not like PlayStation put this information out there. We just got it early. So it is very much possible that this is information that we see, you know early mid next year yeah. and it's like, like oh there's yeah. a pro being worked on
1: yeah that is the point that in two years from now we might be looking at like oh yeah this might seem time for an upgrade but we need to see, know what that upgrade is because like, i didn't upgrade to the pro until my ps4 base died and i sort of needed a pro and i was like why would i buy another ps4 if i can just buy the, the next best thing and lo, lo yep. and behold the next year the next ps5 would be announced and i'm like oh, i guess i spent nine hundred dollars this year for no goddamn reason uh <laughs>
0: And that's another thing, too. Like, to all the people who are going to buy a PS5, you know, mid this year, late this year, and then this be like, oh, early next year. Hey, look, guys, we're going to do a PS5 Pro. And it's just like, I just bought the PS5 two months ago because well, you guys couldn't secure freaking chips because of the whole pandemic thing. What the fuck?
1: And, like, Yeah, and to be fair to PlayStation, which is why they didn't announce this information, because when you do shit like that, it changes like, buying habits.
0: Exactly. It really does. Like, I, yeah, like I, my PS4... Was on its dying loud ass breath, and I was like, "Nah, we're riding till the wheels fall off because PS Five comes out in a couple months, my guy." And PlayStation Four was like, "All right, we're gonna do it." I'm like, "Yeah, we're going to, yeah, so yeah, like it, yeah,
1: yeah." I'm not in the mood in the market. I like, there's nothing from a, a hardware level that my PS Five needs to do more than I don't know. Yeah, there's like nothing I can think of that it like. I'm missing of a PS4. So like they would have to sell me hard on PS5 Pro. But I do think that it's going to be like the base PS4. You don't really need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's purely a luxury thing. Like if And you like have to PS4, be fair, right. the
1: PS5 Pro is going to be to the PS5 with what the Series S is the Series X in terms of power and marketability. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's and that's actually a minor story that I didn't bring up. Uh, sales data for like PS5 in the UK is kind of insane. Uh, But on the converse part, this is a really dumb tweet. I need more uh, data to, like, substantiate it. It said that the Xbox numbers were not great. That Xbox is putting out way too many Series S's and not Uh enough Series X's. And the Series S isn't selling. And the Series X is. And so they're in a weird thing where their sales don't really make sense. But I need more substantiate. Wait, wait.
0: The Series X is not selling? The Series X...
1: Series S, don't... One, I have a list, so I'm always going to have that problem. And B, Xbox had the dumbest naming scheme for their consoles. Yeah, the Series X, the premium one, is the one that's selling well, but there's not enough of it in the wild because they focused all their energy in the uh, Series S, the discless version, and that is the one that isn't selling.
0: Okay, okay, that makes sense.
1: Those are UK substantiated numbers, this is a minor... on on Twitter that I need I need more sales data to like understand what that means, but yeah. it's just an interesting anecdote. And when I brought up the fact that this is what the PlayStation Four and the PlayStation Five Pro uh, comparison is going to be,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, again, like it's one of those things where it's unfortunate that this news broke, but PlayStation, as they've done before, can sell us on you know whatever the PS Five is going to
1: be. I bought The Last of Us on. Three different platforms, day one on release. I'm not the, I'm not like, I'm the, the audience for this. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have to work hard to convince me. Yeah, okay, so oh, man. our final story is from Ethan Gott from Kotaku.com. Uh, this is the Kotaku headline So Strap In. Fans dunk on FIFA promising new soccer e-game. So this is in the wake of the FIFA pulling out of their deal with Electronic Arts. Electronic Arts is now going to be rebranding the FIFA game as EA Sports uh, Football Club, which is going to be EA Sports FC. Uh, From a gameplay standpoint, it's going to be the same game. It's just going to have probably different imaging on it because they don't have the deals that FIFA has. And then FIFA themselves have gone out and said... Uh, I believe the exact quote from the leader of the uh, of FIFA is, the new FIFA game, the FIFA 25, 26, 27, and so on, will always be the best E-game for any girl or boy. We will have news on this very soon.
0: That's such a weird statement.
1: It's very much <laughs> a statement from a person who doesn't understand games, doesn't understand game development, and just assumes, oh, we're going to partner with a brand new studio, and we're going to make a game as good as FIFA that will bring in as much as FIFA without EA. So yeah, let's ignore yeah. the fact that it's going to take them three to four years to even make a game as good as an EA game, but yeah. they're not gonna have that. They're gonna have to make a game in the next year, then have to then iterate on for the next year to compete with the FIFA game. It's not yeah. gonna have ultimate team, which is where a FIFA gets most of its money. Uh they're also gonna have a lot of web 3.0 bullshit involved NTS, in it.
0: yeah.
1: So like there's also that. So ultimately what I think is going to come out of this and uh correct me if I if I'm wrong is that this FIFA game is going to sell on the brand name of it being FIFA. It's going to get awful reviews. And the FIFA game vibe is going to will on the vine. As long as EA is man- manages to get enough good brand deals for uh, football to give their game a cachet and maintain its quality, then it will continue down its path. Probably at a lower trajectory because of the rebranding, but it's going to continue its path of dominance in the football world.
0: Yeah. I I look at this story and think of I think it's Pez that that rebranded to eFootball. Yes, and it's just like that was not a good game. It, and it it's one of those things where whoever like if you follow soccer, you know how corrupt FIFA is to begin with. So for them to be like, hey, look, we're gonna make a game and it's gonna be great, and we're gonna we're gonna do everything for the for the for the boys and girls of the world. But it's it's BS. It's a lot of BS. And until they actually put out some kind of game for us to see, like none of this is, is to be believed. None of this is to hang your hat on. It's just all the
1: they're going to be, speed. yeah, to put out a game that it will be even like good enough to launch. It's going to take them so long to spin up. By that time, actually, EA will probably be able to reclaim the branding that they've lost from losing the FIFA name in regards to that. And then, like, it'll, they would have to put out a game that's just better than FIFA, and I do not trust them to do so.
0: Yeah. So, there is no word on a studio that's working on the FIFA game. It's just FIFA saying they're going to make a game, right?
1: I think they do have a studio. I could be wrong. I'm going through the Kotaku thing, and there's a lot of uh, yeah. Kataku editorializing in there that's sort of uh, blowing me off. <laughs> but no. No. Yeah, yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not yeah, a studio they know of.
0: Yeah. Boy, all oh, right. You know, we'll we'll see what happens there. <laughs> they look at they a studio like, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, um, that is our final story for the gaming news. I have one more.
1: I got before. one minor story because we have so much fucking time. <laughs> is that Uh, shout out to my uh my gaming grandfather Shroud for deciding he wants oh. to make a game. Uh, I couldn't find an actual story on this. I didn't put it on the doc, but we have so much time to say, fuck it, I'm going to go to the tweet. Uh, This week, Shroud announced that he's working with Splash Damage to make a game. Shroud is joining the lives of 100 Thieves uh, and Dr. Disrespect in deciding that, fuck it, instead of playing other people's games, let's make our own games. He's partnering with Splash Damage, who are better known for being a studio that works with other studios to make games. The last really big game uh, was Brink. Uh, and then the most recent game that they're working on is Transformers game. To shout out to one of our homies for being uh, intrinsically involved in the view of that game, uh, I'm happy
0: for him. Real, real quick, real quick, uh, I just want to I just want to put it out there that I right here, this person right here, DJ AKA Sexy Choices, AKA Dick Cheese Return, tested brink. I did that thing. It was it was
1: it was all right. But, yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> so you're responsible. For that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would say this is a game we wouldn't see for a while, but from the conversation that Stroud has been having with the creative team at Splash Damage, it seems that they've been working on this game for a little bit of while, or at least a pre-production of it, so that oh, that's good. this might be a game we see next year, early next year, and when I say next year, I say we see in early access, and we see as they build and milk it in its early access form to make profitability going forward. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm generally yeah. interested. He says he wants to make it a survival game. So think of Rust, Uh, Sons of the Forest, Daisy, those type of games.
0: That should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I always, I always enjoy when people who play games want to take the next step to make games because even if the first iteration isn't good, and I, I do really like the fact that you know if the whole early access thing is true, like that is the best thing to do for a first time game developer and you're making a game that is going to be so uh, intrinsic with the community himself like when it comes to survival games and stuff so like that's that's awesome but yeah like it's always cool to see like people who like want to take that next step to actually do game design versus gameplay and
1: the you know? best thing about situations like this if it does well is a game that has the infinite amount of clout to push it forward and if it doesn't do well it shuts up the person who's been talking for years about what's wrong with video games because yeah, they put their true. head in the row and they're like, "Oh, you couldn't figure it out."
0: Yep. Oh, right.
1: Game dev, game is hard.
0: Right. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like that is that's also a very good point. Oh man. All right. Well, that has been our gaming news for this midday, not evening. Anyways, uh, before we wrap up, let us jump into what we've been playing because I have had the uh, some would say um, pleasure. Some would say uh, privilege. No, wh- when you when you go overseas, they're like, "Hey, what's this for? It's it's work or pleasure, right?" Business or pleasure. Business or there you go. That's the word, business. Some would, I don't, whatever. Hey guys, I played EXO Prime on beta. <laughs> I ruined it. I thought I could bring it back. I couldn't. It's dead in the ground. Alright, so I've played Exo Primal Beta. Um, if you don't know what Exo Primal is, it is a game from Capcom where when it first launched, or when the when trailer first showed, everyone thought it was Dino Crisis and was like, those are Warframe mechs. What's happening here? This is Dino Crisis. Turns out to be a different game entirely. Exo Primal is a PVPVE game, or I should say PVEVP game, where you pilot a exo suit and you fight dinosaurs you shoot them you slice them you hear teammates and you you put shields up and stuff it's a fun time uh right now the beta is free the beta is open and i think the beta ends today so hey you people watching us live this is your one go play it um exo primal i've played so far about 10 or 15 matches. I spent about maybe four. No, I I played more than 10 matches. I spent about like four or five hours in this game so far. Um, I've played with Sean. I've played with Cam, a.k.a. Daddy Bear. (laughs) I just made it up. I'm calling you Daddy Bear. He'll never hear this. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, And we all started from the same place as this has potential, but I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to last until... I played one match. This is after playing like three or four matches pretty much of the same stage. So let me, let me back up. Let me explain what you do in exo primal is you pick a suit, you jump into the game and this whole thing is built around this AI that is trying to create, or is trying to farm data from you, the player to build this perfect exo suit to kill all the dinosaurs that are just festering out of this world and it's like out of control and like this is what the AI has thought of to provide a solution so that's the whole thing so you jump into this match and it's a race to complete the objectives and then at the end of the game you do a PvP match and whoever wins wins the whole thing there's some balancing that needs to happen because it's like alright well we did the PvE part we won all the courses or whatever when we get to the end and we lose that, and we just lose the whole game. So it's like, well, what's the point of the PVE part if only thing that matters is the PvP? They need to figure that out. Um, playing the game itself, as I was saying, me, uh, Sean, Cam, we all thought this game had potential. We all we all enjoyed our time at some portions playing the game, but we all kind of just thought like, this is probably going to wear thin. You know, ten hours in, like you you're doing the same stages over and over again until i was i think i was i was playing with cam and we got to a part of the mission and the ai was like oh something something's happening right now and the camera forces up to look up in the sky and you see a giant black hole just slowly opens up and then the the radar goes like all wonky and the ai is like you you got you got some problems. We got a lot of dinosaurs coming, and the sky just opens up, and raptors fall from the sky. They hit this giant skyscraper building, and they're just tumbling down the building, tumbling to you, and you're like, "Bro, I did not sign up for this." And the dinosaurs hit the ground, and it is just a free for all. You are trying to survive. It gets so crazy. There is so many raptors on screen. It is insane and it there's no hitching there's no bugs there's no stuttering it's just complete chaos and i had such a great time i was like man i i didn't expect this i didn't think this was going to happen we we completed it we moved on and i was like man that was such a awesome experience and then fast forward to me playing a couple more games i played another mission and similar thing i was like hey uh, something's happening camera points you to the sky and you see another black hole opens up and it slowly opens and slowly opens and it gets really big. And then you see an airplane come out of the black hole and it's on fire and there's a bunch of what's the bird dinosaur called?
1: Uh, pterodactyls, I believe. Uh, we'll, pterodactyls. Say pterodactyls. Pterodactyl
0: we'll say pterodactyls. Pterodactyls is the old
1: Power Rangers version of what we used to yeah. call flying dinosaurs. But I think they're a the new scientific name for them.
0: Yeah, well, we'll say pterodactyls because everybody knows Power Rangers. So if you don't know, you're 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 really young. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, so we see a, a a bunch of pterodactyls like basically destroy this plane as it's coming towards you. The plane crashes just above your head, and the pterodactyls just literally shower you. I did not expect anything like this in this game, and I completely turned a corner from like thinking, ah, I don't. Maybe I'll skip this game to... I am most likely going to buy this game. Like, I was I was utterly shocked when it comes to customization of the mechs, or I'm sorry, exosuits. Because Jordan will kill me if I call these things mechs and the exosuits, based off our anthem talk that we had years ago. He's right. Um, <laughs> not you, Avery. Not you. <laughs> yeah. So, customizing the exosuits, you don't really have too much. Uh, customization there is about like 12 suits to pick from they are split off into different classes very much so like Overwatch the suits themselves are very much so like Overwatch characters made into suits there is a Lucio healer suit that skates around like Lucio shoots like Lucio that can heal and do damage there is a mercy like suit that flies around can heal people also do damage there is a Ironheart suit that has a shield that's my aka thick boy you return from the from the anthem dirt I don't know um there is a mech uh tank character like bastion but think of like a mech warrior suit kind of thing there is a Genshi character there is a soldier 76 character that is kind of like pharah in a way when it comes to it's alt um uh, a lot of the characters from exo primal are just kind of mishmash characters from uh overwatch and it's very it's very easy to see like cam was literally just calling out these characters i was just like oh damn wait that's you're right yeah that that's the, that's exactly what that character is <laughs> so they made it very clear like what they're doing um the models themselves are very much so like uh warframe-ish looking which is really cool if you like that art style you're gonna love the art style of these characters um yeah overall I had a good time with this game. I was very much so impressed. I did not expect to enjoy this game as much as I am enjoying it to the point where I almost missed my Gundam dailies. And if you know anything about me, I take that like religion. I don't miss that. I don't miss that at all. So, very good thing for uh, ExoPrimal to do that to me in my headspace. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I had a good time with this game. I will wait to see. And of course, because a the beta, they're always like, hey, there's going to be more stuff for you to, to uh, get into. The only issues I have with the game is the skills are based off of cooldowns. And the cooldowns are excessive. Like, certain movement skills are like 14 second cooldown, 15 second cooldowns. Like, you don't do that for a movement skill. Like, I am literally well, stuck on dep- the ground. It, it,
1: it depends. If the game has a PvP element, I 100% understand them giving uh uh movement-based skills a heavy cooldown. Cooldown.
0: Yeah, but I, w- I will say, like, the cooldown I'm thinking specifically is for a-, a tank character, and it's, like, it doesn't feel good. Like, for other characters, like, all right, well, that that kind of makes sense, because, like, that does damage or whatever. Like, that that puts me in a really good position, whereas this specific movement skill was just, like, It just lets me get over there a little quicker. Like, I don't do any extra damage. It's just like, why? It it just felt like, okay, that was probably part of one of the older builds and something that needs to be modified or or balanced or whatever. So I'm hoping that... What do you mean by get over
1: there quicker? It was a... Is this like a Soldier 76, I walk faster? Or is this a Reinhardt charge across the map to hit you?
0: It's more of a Widowmaker, like, whip thing.
1: Oh, then that makes perfect sense. You think so? Yeah. Well, well,
0: well, the character is a, am I thinking, I'll make sure I think of the right character. The character is a tank character and it has a, a samurai sword. So it's not like, it's not a shooting based character at all. So it's literally just like, let me get over there a little quicker versus like, oh, let me get this position and start sniping. They, they have a sniper that doesn't necessarily need to, she has a jump yeah. thing. But yeah, it, it just it just felt weird for the character. It's like, oh, that's
1: I yeah. I, I kind of wish I had it more. I I don't have the experience with this game to like really judge it on the what what you're saying. But with all the hero based shooters I've played and experienced, I'm citing mostly my Apex knowledge and a little mm-hmm. bit my Valorant knowledge. Uh, movement skills are the most broken aspects of any competitive shooter. They just are. If you have good aim and you can make it impossible for your enemy to hit you, then it's more often than not in a 1v1 duel, you will win. So they tend to make most movement skills have the most penalty on. Uh, For example, there used to be an era in Apex where if you played Wraith, you hit a button, you became invincible, and you could just uh, move faster across the battlefield and reposition. Mm -hmm. You could play Pathfinder and you could... Zip over someone's head, go like 150 meters in the distance, land on someone, kill them. And then five seconds later, zip out as their two teammates come over to you. Like, it's one of those type of things. And then like, I'm thinking yeah. of Valorant, you got characters like uh, Raze and Jet, where most of their abilities are are just like a, uh, you you buy it and you use it and then you can't use it again. So it's like a one shot, one thing, but they're very limited. Like Jet has an ability that lets her dash in any direction super fast. Uh, you going only use that once and that was one of the most broken abilities in the game. They had to balance it by making a double-tap uh, effect where you hit it once, it activates a window, and you can hit it again to dash out. Before, it used to be an instant. Uh, okay. Hit that button, you dash in any direction you're currently facing, and you can't be traded. Uh, same thing happened with Chamber, Grand ability where he could put down a trip, and put down another trip like halfway across the map, and hit mm-hmm. one, hit the button, he could teleport to the other trip. So he could post up mm-hmm. on an angle, shoot and kill you, and then disappear, and you couldn't trade him. It's one of those things yeah. where, like... Moving is so hard to balance in these games. And I'm going to give the exo-primal devs the benefit of the doubt that if they gave this tank-class melee this ability and then decided, we need to give it a cooldown of this amount of time or it will probably be an event where, oh, we just saw people uh, zipping across the ability using the fact that this tank had a high damage and high health and just landing on people, killing them, and then dipping out.
0: Dipping out, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's very possible. And it was also think of, like, all right, well, because I was... And I think this is where it gets into the weird like destiny part of this where it is part PvE and part PvP where it's like fighting a bunch of dinosaurs. It's like, all right, I'm kind of in the mix right now. I need to get out. And like, if you accidentally hit that button, the cooldown is just like, all right, it's just going to have to go. You have to figure yourself out. But like, in that sense, it makes make sense or have a lesser cooldown. But then in PvP, it might be over. You get into that Destiny,
1: you get into that Destiny yeah. balancing issue, which one of the things that pissed me off about Destiny PvP was that like I spend all this time in PVE getting the best guns that can do the best damage, get into PvP, and most of my abilities are completely nerfed to the ground. All the really yep. cool shit I can do can't really do that. So it's more a one-on-one gunfight, and I'm like, those are fun, but it's like, kind of not feel what you're like,
0: expecting. Yeah, like, <laughs> especially spend all so the time PvP. Yeah, it's PvP. a hard balancing yeah. thing.
1: Which is one of the things I'm super surprised that this game does have a PvP element. Like, I'm just generally surprised it does.
0: Yeah, and you know, they do a pretty good job with what they have with the PvP and, like, I have, at this point, learned to enjoy it, so. Props to them. I am definitely interested in seeing how this game does. I will say, this has a very Japanese-ish throwaway, like, story where it's just, like, it might get better, but you're really there just to shoot the dinos. Like, that's really what it is so if you're there for the story don't hang your hat on it please because it probably won't do it anyways that has been what I have been playing and that has been the podcast we hope you enjoyed another episode of Press X to Start Gamers Digest we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it we hope that you won't forget to leave a like for the podcast for the video Leave, uh, I, I, you know, just subscribe to the channel. I was trying to like do like a little cool thing to say, like leave a subscription. It didn't work. Just please subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell because we would greatly appreciate that. Um, if you are listening, do us a solid, leave a review. That's what that leave is for. It's for leaving a review. So make sure you leave a review.
1: Also, shout Uh, out to the people in our live chat. Uh, yes, it would be incredibly disheartening for us to make the pivot to live. And then to not have any audience. Exactly. Yeah, so shout out to the people supporting us in the chat.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Like, you guys are creating conversations for us, and we would greatly appreciate more of those conversations. So thank you. Um, so, yeah, you know, be safe, be well, play games, wash your hands, and... Um, Hug your loved ones. Have a good one. Yes, please. Keep an eye on them. All right. Bye, guys.